Welcome to the Department in Conversation. This is a planned series of recorded conversations to continue to build community and cohesion within our department. Through these podcasts, we hope to highlight different parts of our faculty and student community and the broader academic life. Today, we are talking about the recently announced across the board merit increase. I'm joined by Dr. Todd Anderson, Vice Dean in the coming school. For the last 10 years, previous to taking up his current role, he was the department head of cardiac sciences and the director of the Libin Institute. So if anyone gets this issue, it's Todd. Welcome Todd, and thanks for agreeing to chat with me. Well, thanks very much, Fiona. My real pleasure uh, to be here today and uh, applaud you on these efforts for a novel way of communication. Well done. Thank you, thank you. So, so let's just jump into it. So last week we got a mass email outlining that all academic staff would receive a merit assessment of 1.2. For some, this was probably a bit of a surprise. What can you tell me about how that decision was made and the communication and for those of us that are surprised, should we be? Yeah, thanks Fiona. It, it, it is a bit of a surprise, I think for many. Um, we had been hearing from the provost and faculty association that they were thinking about doing something different for this merit cycle. Uh, but we didn't really have any details around that. And so it was news to both John and myself uh, when this came out, uh, but we had had some hints that maybe they were gonna do something different. The details were not available. So I think firstly, from a process point of view, it's important for people to know that this was a decision that was made uh, by the faculty association and the provost. So there wasn't consultation around this uh, by the deans necessarily, and there certainly wasn't widespread consultation by the members uh, of the academic staff. And so in case people think they missed a meeting, they really didn't, this was something that happened. And so why did they think about doing this? So there's a number of good reasons to do this, Fiona. So I think the first thing is that people recognize that we're in very challenging and you know, we'll hate to use the word unprecedented because it's you lot, but that's what we're in. So for many people, COVID-19 has resulted in a dramatic change in the way that they deliver their academic mission. And so COVID started a year ago. So for this current merit cycle, more than half of the merit cycle would have been in the realm of COVID. And based on a number of factors, this faculty association was concerned that for many this would be a difficult reporting cycle. And so with equity and fairness in mind, is that they were concerned that if we just evaluated people the way we normally do, those individuals where COVID has had a really dramatic effect and, and that's a lot of people. So let's look at mm -hmm. some is that if you're the primary care provider for children at home or adult parents that need your help, and most of the time, let's face it, this falls back to uh, women, mm -hmm. uh, that was a big burden for a number of people. If you're a junior or new investigator who was just getting your lab all of a sudden your lab couldn't run, this was a big blow. If you used animals in the animal resource center um, and that was shut down for a while, or you did clinical research where you didn't have access to patients in the hospital, things could slow down. There are many people who thrived in the environment, mm -hmm. those individuals who could write reviews, those in senior individuals, those that didn't have other responsibilities. But for the majority of people, um, there was a concern. And so what they did was they decided that they would just allocate the average merit of 1.2 across the board. So the reality is, is that for 75% of faculty, this is what the merit is gonna be plus or minus 0.2. So some people right. get a 1.0, some will get a 1.2, some will get a 1.4. So the vast majority of people 
are going to be really not affected very much by this. Where this will affect individuals is those individuals who consistently get a higher merit uh, where they may have some concerns around that. But it's not a perfect system by any means, but it certainly uh, was made with all the best intentions in play. Um, but you know, we, do we do recognize there's some limitations. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that context, Todd. And I, I really, it resonates with me, everything you've said around sort of no perfect answer, lots of juggling going on. Um, you know, for myself, I've also been struggling with the peer review process where I've had lots of papers out there, but you know, lots of people aren't peer reviewing right now because they just have a lot of other things on their plate. So um, it's, a, it's a difficult situation and again, no perfect answer. Is there a mechanism, you know, you mentioned this was a decision that was made and just communicated out to you and John. Um, is, there, is there still an ongoing conversation or is, is this set in stone and we're moving forward? Is there anything we can do at this point? Yeah, I think this decision is probably irreversible at this point, Fiona. You know, had conversations with John. We had conversations last Thursday at PPC around this. We recognize that we just have to sort of deal with what we're dealt with. I think that what we can do, there's some things we can do within the faculty to try and recognize outstanding performance individuals, support them the best we can. And some of the things that have come forward so far is maybe some increase in the number of awards that the coming school gives out, those sorts of things. But for the majority of people that this decision is gonna be made, I think it's important that if people have concerns about this to reach out to you and you know their department heads, uh, for some further conversation about it. And if people uh, really would like to, you know, express their comments around this is that sending a note to the Faculty Association, which is our representatives, um, um, about how this decision has affected them would be very appropriate in a professional manner. So we've talked a little bit about like the immediate context. Frame this for me in that longer view of an academic career. Um, so thinking about, you know, ongoing merit cycles, what does this decision mean in that broader perspective and and could this impact a person's professional trajectory i think for the for the vast majority of individuals the effect is going to be minimal um, the reality is as i said is 75 percent of the people are going to be within a small band you know around the 1.2 and for those individuals it's going to make very little difference for most people the academic career is a long one you know 30 plus years so a single merit is unlikely to change the trajectory for promotion and tenure. Um, uh, you could look at it and, and do the math and say, okay, if I used to get a 1.8 and now I get a 1.2, there is some actual dollar amounts that are decreased in terms of the salary. So there is some hit for some people in that regard. Um, for individuals who in fact, you know, used to get a lower merit for whatever reason, uh, there may be a positive influence. And so for those individuals, that'll balance out. But over the lifespan of somebody's academic career is that I don't think people need to be worried that they're not going to get promoted. They're not going to get tenure in the same timeline. And people will, will accommodate this. And certainly in the next merit cycle, I think, is that we will try and take this into play as much as we can, right? And so I don't know what the rules might be around that, but if you had an individual, Fiona, in your department that you thought was going to get a 1.6 and they sure they got a 1.2 and they continue to do very well, then maybe we will make up for that in subsequent merit, you know, bearing in mind, following the rules of faculty association and what we can do with other members. But I think there is corporate memory for department heads and they're the ones who know their members best. And maybe there will be able to make ways to make that up with respect to any financial hit that it might come for those individuals uh, who will have usually gotten a higher merit. So overall, I think 
Um, it's a bit of a surprise, but people I think can take solace in the fact that uh, things will go on uh, and that uh, their careers will continue with good trajectory. So usually merit is linked to an annual conversation with your department head um, in the email that went out that was positioned as sort of an optional activity. You know, what do you think about that? Should those conversations still continue? Should people continue to prioritize that conversation? How are you advising people on that piece? Yeah, I think that's a great question, right, is that so we are strongly recommending to all faculty members to have that usual conversation with their department head. I think this is super important. Lots of people have regular conversations with their department head, but the yearly or bi-yearly evaluation that usually is linked to a merit cycle is that opportunity for the department head to know exactly what you're doing, all the great things, and for you to uh, boast about yourself a little bit and tell them those things. So that Putting that down on paper will be a record of what's happened over that last cycle, and that'll be important for subsequent merit cycles down the road. Now, it is clear that Faculty Association has said that we cannot mandate um, the usual academic report, right? We used to do the ARO, academic report online, that's going to switch to the academic uh, portfolio, but for now is we don't need to do that. So the minimum that one has to do um, is to send you a note and uh, to acknowledge what they've done. But I think the vast majority of people would be well advised to set up the meeting in May or June with the department head, talk about the things that they do and document it. We are creating through the Office of Faculty Development and Performance, Dave Keegan's shop, um, a fillable PDF that's optional. And very clear that it's optional because we can't force people to use it, use at their will. Um, but it is something that would be a nice template for them to fill out. So I think the, that it really would be in everyone's best interest to do this. And hopefully everyone will avail themselves to uh, your time and your wisdom, Fiona, in terms of uh, having those conversations. And for you as a new department head, it's critically important for you to get to know those members very well and then have a good baseline of which to draw on for the next merit cycle. So, yes, um, please uh, encourage your members to do that. And, uh, and we will go forward with that. Yeah, thank you, Todd. And thank you for recognizing the importance of those conversations to me as the new department head. It's, um, I'm viewing it as a very important touch point with everyone as it'll hit about the year mark um, of me stepping into this role. So an important opportunity for me to grow and hear feedback too. So, so I'm the newbie department head, as we already talked about. Give me some advice here. Uh, what should I be asking faculty during these conversations and, and what should faculty ask me? Yeah, I think I think the, the merits, you know, the uh, the merit cycle uh, annual review is is a great time. I you know used to schedule a solid hour for that. You know, talk for forty five minutes and then schedule fifteen minutes to take some notes. So it, you know, it's a time for faculty to come in and tell you what uh, what they've been up to, um, tell you all the great things, what makes them excited, what are the roadblocks or stumbling things that maybe you can help them with or I can help them with around that. And just to kind of acknowledge that and have a good conversation. So you should be really asking them about how they're doing, particularly during COVID, you know, how are, how are things changed for them? What are the stressors? Uh, if you've noticed on their academic careers that are difficult, right, in terms of home situation and other things. Um, and just to see where, what they're excited about kind of going forward, where they are at in their grant cycle, where they're at with their publication cycle, how the teaching is going, uh, how are they finding Zoom kind of teaching those sorts of things? So it really is just a general update. And I often used it as a good opportunity to find out how people were ticking, right? So how things are going. Super important to reach out to people these days 
Uh, and I think you have a good sense of your members, Fiona. So I just use that as an opportunity uh, to do that. And then, you know, generally what we would do is sort of, we used to record sort of a one paragraph or two paragraphs on sort of the summary of that for the merit cycle. This year, we won't be doing that, but making notes for yourself on things that, uh, that you've talked about with the individuals is a really great thing. So it's just a two-way dialogue uh, for people. Most of the time, it's very informal. We used to do it over coffee. Uh, it would be better, but usually it was during <laughs> the now you'll do it over Zoom, I think, until people get vaccinated, but use that opportunity to, uh, to interact with your new members and for, especially for you with you know, lots of department members that maybe you haven't quite met yet and, mm -hmm. and that time. Yeah. Well, thank you for your time today, Todd. That's the department in conversation.